my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Uh, welcome to Big Q&A. Uh, this is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary. I'm minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church right here in the beautiful city of Adelaide. I'm also presenter of Drive Time most Tuesdays uh, and generally on Wednesday. Uh, Now, of course, uh, this week uh, we're following the theme, uh, raising spiritual kids in a post-Christian world is it possible? What a subject uh, this really this really is. You know, we've had some really good feedback on this subject, and we have got a top uh, giveaway book this week. This is a real beauty. This uh, this book it's uh, uh, it's a book that normally you'd pay almost thirty dollars uh, for, but because Christmas is coming up, we're thinking no, we're giving away a very recently published book uh, that I believe you'll greatly greatly love. Uh, now, of course, this week on, on Monday, we actually asked that question: uh, Should Christian, uh, should children uh, make up their own minds about religion when they are older? So often you actually hear this in the contemporary world. I'm not going to do anything about the spiritual development of my my children. Uh, rather, I'm going to let them make up their own um, th- th- their own minds uh, about religion when they're older. Now, folks, look, um, if you miss that program, can I just encourage you to please go to your app uh, and uh, the Drive Time app. You can download this program. You can listen to it again because that question, I believe, is so relevant to the contemporary world that we're living in. Uh, now, of course, on, uh, on Tuesday, that was yesterday, uh, Lindy Sparing uh, dug into um, a subject, spiritual lessons I need to teach my children. Now, if I'm going to bring up children uh, in uh, uh, in a biblical manner, in a spiritual manner, what do I need to teach them? Now, that I really appreciated all that Lindy was able to show, share. Uh, now, today, uh, we've got uh, Marty here, and uh, we're going to be asking, are there any strategies for raising spiritual children? Uh, now, this one is really Really huge. I'm really looking forward to this uh, to this particular discussion. Now, to guide us through our discussion, we're actually joined by our co-host, and that's uh, party, Pastor Marty Thompson. And Marty is, of course, pastor of uh, Grace uh, Adventist Church and also the Sterling Adventist Church, uh, right here in the right here in the beautiful city of Adelaide. He's also the small group uh, coordinator for our churches here in South Australia and really appreciate all that Marty uh, does actually do on on that front, really building up such an important ministry. Now, welcome to you, Marty. Pastor Gary, it's a pleasure to be here. Great to be here today. Uh, It's good to be in a studio again. Now, look, uh, are you all ready for Christmas? You've got three children. Are are they ready for Christmas? Oh, look, yeah. You know, we're, we're Getting very excited, and you know, I, I suppose if being ready for Christmas means that you've got a an appetite that's ready to eat some delicious food <laughs> at Christmas time, then I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look, I tell you, the countdown is certainly on, isn't it? Oh, it is. It's you know, it's amazing how the year just marches on so quickly. Yeah. And um, you know, this has been a good year. But this has been a fantastic year um, to be for our family to be able to come here to Adelaide from New South Wales and to to be involved in ministry, to meet so many beautiful people, and. Um, 
Yeah, so we are looking forward to going back and seeing family back on the East Coast over Christmas. And um, so looking forward to that. But uh, yeah, we're just grateful for a, for a year where we can definitely see God's blessing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And look, it's wonderful to be able to get to the end of the year and to actually be able to say that. And you know, I know myself, I'm actually looking forward to it myself because I'm actually taking next year off as a sabbatical myself. And uh, I'll, I actually won't be on radio next uh, next year. I'm actually going to be taking uh, 12 months off and then I'm coming back um, after that 12 months. I've already been asked to come back. Please come back after. After that twelve months, so, but I'm I'm looking really looking forward to actually joining the the grey nomads. Oh, uh, wow. traveling traveling around Australia. That's going to uh, be a great experience. Uh, That'll be great. You'll be able to feel recharged and re-energized. You know, they say you know r- retirement is um that you it's 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 retiring. It's retiring. You're putting a fresh set of tires on, and um, of course I'm not retiring just yet. Oh, good. But good. I'm, I, I am coming back. I'm you know. I am coming back and uh, a few people have said it's just mean you're retiring I said no 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 no, not yet I'm still far too young to uh, absolutely uh, to be able, absolutely. Uh, able to retire my hair might uh, uh, betray my my age but uh, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm actually far too young for that to uh, that to actually occur uh, so uh, uh, so I'm uh, I'm looking forward to coming back again but next year really looking forward to being able to just uh, travel around Oz uh, we're certainly going to be down in Tasmania hello to anybody in, in Tasmania uh, in about mid-January, and then we're going to be moving moving north as the weather gets colder. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. uh, it should be a should be a very nice uh, nice year. So I've only got uh, a couple of weeks until I I've actually got uh, a twelve month sabbatical. So I'm really looking forward to That's that awesome. uh, that particular. Yeah. I hope uh, you can yeah. write a book during that twelve months, Pastor Gary. Yeah, well, actually, that is like, I've actually got two objectives, and that is actually one of them that I, I would like to achieve if Wonderful. I if I can. Yeah, if I can. Yeah, but look, let's come to our our World Watch uh, segment because uh, uh, I'd love to bounce something off you if I can. And this one, uh, this is an article that comes from the Denison Forum. This is a forum that I do actually uh, follow. To me, um, this uh, um, this is a, a Christian website. It does make some some very important and significant uh, points. Now, uh, on, most recently, the, he made a the the website came with a, a commentary on the um, uh, the Israel. Hamas uh, situation and uh, basically uh, the article was entitled Defining the Sanctity of Human Life. Now that actually intrigued me and uh, let me just read you just a few points out of it and then I'll come to you with some you know for your feedback. Um, Israel and Hamas have agreed to a deal by which Hamas will uh, free 50 civilian hosp- hostages in return for the release of 150 Palestinian prisoners from Israeli jails and a four-day pause from fighting. Now, this article was written about a, uh, a week or so ago. In all the reporting I've seen on this agreement, uh, there's a question that nobody has asked. Why is it that only the jihadists take hostages? Israel forces have been inside Gaza for several weeks. Why have they not taken a single Palestinian hostage to use as leverage with Hamas? The answer, uh, according to this, this article, is simple. We have the the two have very different views regarding the sanctity of human life. Israel's worldview, rooted in the Hebrew Bible, believes that all people are created in God's image and likeness. Hamas, by contrast, in its original charter, says jihad is the path and death 
for the sake of Allah, is the loftiest of its wishes. They claim we love death like our enemies love life. How are we to view, the article concludes, the sanctity of human life? Is it foundation to the society that we create? Israel, I have, as I have witnessed it, in more than 30 trips to the Holy Land, has built a thriving economy for the benefit of its citizens. Hamas uses Palestinian civilians, however, as human shields and shields aid intended for them to construct tunnels and acquire weapons for killing Jews. When we view each person as sacred, our definition of success changes dramatically. Now, Marty, I know that this article, certainly to some, would be a little bit controversial, but the thing that I particularly appreciated is this commentary on the sanctity of human life, because this is something that it's not just uh, breaking down, uh, certainly in the, the Palestinian uh, territories, but I suggest possibly it's even starting to break down uh, within Western civilization generally. Now, Marty, your thoughts. Is there something truly unique about how Christians view the sanctity of life? I believe there is, because... Whilst it's good quoting that for the Jewish tradition, um, they would look back at creation as establishing the importance of human life. And the Bible does say in the book of Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. And so certainly God, you know, there's that saying, we're covered with the fingerprints of God. We, yeah, we have not yeah, just yeah. evolved. We have been created and fashioned and molded by a God who cares and loves us. And that gives us value. Mm-hmm. We are not just a mere accident, as as a, uh, you know, as a evolution would say. We didn't evolve we, over millions of years. We didn't evolve over millions. No, that's right. We've been created by God, a God of love, and that gives us incredible value. We we belong to God. But the Bible also says beautifully, it says, "For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, mm. that whoever believes in Him should not." perish but have everlasting life and here's where christianity adds to the value of human life in a way that no other faith can Mm -hmm. because christianity not only says your value because god made you it says your value because jesus christ the son of god died for you wow so how do you determine the value of something there's this there's a saying that the value of something is determined by what someone is willing to pay for it mm-hmm. so someone might look at a house for example and to someone they say look to to us it's worth half a million somebody else might look at that same house and say to us it's worth a million mm-hmm so what's it really worth well it's worth whatever someone's willing to pay for it exactly what was god willing to pay to in order to save humanity he was willing to give the infinite the infinite cost he was willing to pay the infinite cost in giving Jesus for the human race and this to me pastor gary you know this this reveals to us an incredible immense value in every single person in fact 
I just preached actually on uh, on Sabbath on the subject of I touched on the um, parable of the sheep and the goats. Mm-hmm. And when Jesus says, you know, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Mm. To me, that gives incredible value to human life. Jesus identifies himself with people so much that how we treat the poor and the suffering is how we treat Jesus. I mean, that's, to me, absolutely amazing. And this is actually the, I suppose, the undergirding belief for Christianity. You know, right through Western society, uh, certainly in in recent centuries, uh, Western society has actually been based on Christian ethics, which means there has actually been a value for life. Now, that means that Sir William Wilberforce and John Newton are able to do away with the horrors of mm, slavery, yeah. uh, but it comes from the, a Christian minister and a converted man who's able to write Amazing Grace. Yeah, uh, yeah. Those two men together do away with the evils of slavery. Mm-hmm. Why? Because human life is valuable. Do you know, I, I love how in the... Um, uh, uh, how in uh, certainly John's, I call it Little John, um, and beloved, now are we the sons of God, sons and daughters of God. It does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he does appear, we will be like him. I love that. We are now regarded as sons and daughters of the Most High God. Yeah, I love absolutely. the way Peter actually puts it. You're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, mm. a holy nation, his own special people. You know, there is There is value that the scriptures put on to the individual. Yeah. Now, you know, to, to me, this is actually really, really significant because what I'm just really conscious of is that, you know, to what extent, and this was going to be my follow-up question to me, to, to you know, do you think that uh, this values of the sanctity of human life, do you think that it's actually breaking down in this post-Christian era. I mean, we can talk about, you know, Hamas and, the, you know, the guys over there in Palestine, but in reality, I think we've got almost as many issues in a similar area uh, right here in this country. Yeah, absolutely. You know, as the Bible is very clear, unfortunately, that as time goes on, Jesus says, as lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Yeah. And when love grows cold, the way that we value human life diminishes. Yeah. And yeah. as we see this happening in our society today, where, um, you know, if we can use the example of an abortion, you know, it's, it's a tragedy to, to think that potentially a fully grown baby could actually have their life terminated and that uh, and that this you know i mean we're not talking about a situation where the mother's health is at risk and those situations yeah. we're saying in an ordinary situation where somebody simply just says you know what this is maybe going to put too much financial pressure. This is extraneous material this is, this is extraneous this mat- was an unwanted pregnancy etc now I, I want to back up, back up and say this that because obviously you know there is a lot of emotion involved in 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 making yeah, a decision yeah, like that yeah. and and I can't imagine that anyone would make a decision like that lightly. I cannot that definitely I don't believe would be the case. But the reality is that um, 
Yeah, human life is incredibly sacred. And, you know, that statement, as you've done to the least of these, my brethren, you've done to me, I think that applies to the unborn child. I, I, I accept that. You know, to me, Marty, one of the things that really is, uh, to me, horrified me some time ago was when I, you know, I realised that uh, here, certainly in this state here in, in South Australia, and I know that other states have got similar legislation, that uh, little babies can be aborted right up to the end of the ninth month. Uh, now, now to me, whatever my view is of abortion, to actually uh, be in a situation where a a baby, a fully grown baby, uh, can be aborted at that point in time, uh, to me, I, I look at this and I am I'm apps. You know, where is the value for human life? Mm, uh, mm, you know, yeah. as I look at this, I turn around and say, you know, are we starting to break? down uh, the sanctity for human life and why are we doing it and you know these sometimes these policies and legislation that get passed this they they're certainly not guided by the biblical principles and yet although there is this you know allowance in a way from from a legal point of view to say okay this is legally allowed morally i think intuitively we still sense deep within our hearts that something like that is 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 yeah. is wrong, and unfortunately, we live in a world that does sort of encourage that. And I've heard stories of poor, dear dear Christian mothers who have, f- from for whatever reason, perhaps outside influences have have affected them. Perhaps the pressure and the stresses of life have got to them. And they've gone down that track, and for years this burden of guilt has hung over their shoulders. You know, the good news is Christ can forgive, and, and it's Christ o- can and restore. It's only when they actually bring it to Christ, yes, that there's actually resolution to that. There is. That's right. That's the key. And so, yeah, you know, Pastor Gary, this is these are these are big challenges. But I think as we come back to the to the Word of God. God's word, it shapes the way that we think, and it, it, does. And, it, it does. and it shapes the way that we live our lives, the way that we treat other people, the way that we treat even the most vulnerable in in our world today is can be guided by the by these wonderful principles. In other words, in God's biblical word. Christianity has something to say about the sanctity. Of human life. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Look, let's come to some music. Uh, this is uh, Gavin Chatillia as Water uh, to the Thirsty. Uh, please, please enjoy.
is uh, Gavin Chatillier and uh, he's uh, singing as Water to the Thirsty. What a voice uh, he has. Uh, I know I've heard him sing uh, live numerous times. Really appreciated uh, Gavin's uh, Gavin's input and uh, Gavin's story. I've heard it a number of times and uh, always a real a real blessing. Now folks, look, we do have a giveaway book uh, for, for today. Now this one is a real beauty. Now this one, it's a recently published book. This isn't a, a book that's uh, um, an two or three or four or five uh, years old. This is a recently published book, and it's written by Nancy Van Pelt. Uh, the book's entitled The Smart Parent, Strategies for Growing Great Kids. Now, uh, I, I really appreciate the uh, uh, the write-up on this. Uh, have you ever wondered how some parents seem to be able to raise perfect <laughs> uh, children. Uh, would you like your children to become responsible, well-rounded Christian young people who can safely make their way in, in their own way of life? Nancy Van Pelt is an author of 42 books on the subject. She's a certified family life educator and a grandmother with uh, three grown children of her own. Uh, she's been showing Christian parents how to achieve this for 25 years. She writes to you in this book as one concerned parent to another. 
another. And uh, some of the chapter titles I believe are, are real are real rippers. How to help your child feel like someone. How to talk so your child will listen. Secrets for getting obedience. Raising kids with character. Uh, living with teenagers. Now that's a real beauty. That one. Uh, high risk behaviors. Uh, how to give uh, your child a head start. Home. A great place to talk about sex and stuff. Remodel families. Facing divorce, single parenting and blended families. God's plan for smart families. Now, all those chapters, just so much in this book. Now, look, guys, wow. um, this uh, this is a real little ripper, this one. This I'll is a to book get that, that one. Uh, this, uh, this is one you need to write in for, Marty, because uh, <laughs> I, I am just so <laughs> conscious that it's a recently published book. Uh, it's uh, uh, Normally, it sells for almost uh, $30, uh, $30. But look, because it's Christmas, we've brought this one on as a super special uh, deal. We are happy to give it to you today. Uh, now, this is going to be uh, something we, we, we don't do this very often, but this book I know has uh, has really been uh, been loved. Uh, we care for children, and uh, we believe it's worth putting some money into this uh, this particular book. Now, look, that book, again, is entitled The Smart Parent by Nancy Van Pelt. Now, if you want that book, all you need to do is to text us. Now, our studio text number is 04 Triple eight, eight oh eight eleven. That's o four triple eight. 80811 and in your text just text us just put the five digits that's SA146 SA146 is the is the code so it's 04888080811 and SA146 but no gap uh, between the SA uh, and the 146 just five digits in a row because this will go through to our robot and our robot, he'll come back to you and uh, he'll ask you a few questions uh, so that uh, we uh, can get this book to you in the fastest uh, way possible. SA 146, uh, just five digits in a row. This isn't a smart robot. This is a dumb robot. It's all we can afford. And you'll uh, you'll uh, really appreciate this, uh, this, uh, this particular uh, book. So if you'd like it, uh, we would love uh, to be able to give it, uh, give it uh, to you. Great to see some texts coming in. In straight away, Pastor Gary. Oh, that's fantastic. That really is good. Yeah, no, look, this I know has been a very popular uh, book, and we'll be sharing those details with you one more time during this uh, program. So if you miss those numbers, just hang on, and uh, we'll come back to you in just uh, um, just a few minutes' time. Now, folks, you are listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary. And to guide us through our Bible study today, we're joined by Pastor Marty Thompson. And uh, this week, we're following that uh, really beautiful theme, raising spiritual kids in a post-Christian world. Is it possible? And today, we're asking, are there any strategies for raising spiritual children? Now, now Marty, uh, you're a uh, you're a dad. You've got uh, three three young young mm-hmm, children. Mm-hmm. I've had three uh, three children. Mine are now mm-hmm. adult uh, adult age, uh, but I'm a grandfather. I have uh, two uh, two wonderful uh, little uh, grandchildren uh, myself. So and we've all been in the you know this uh, this environment mm-hmm. at some point in our life. But look, we live in a world with so many 
I'd call it media distractions. Um, um, you know, yeah. unsocial media seems to be waging a war against our against our children. Um, you know, spiritual kids almost sounds like a a bit of an oxy oxymoron. Um, is it possible to raise spiritual children in a post-Christian world? Well, Pastor Gary, it, it's um, great that we can hopefully share on this together because, you know, you're at the other end. I'm sort of, yeah, really just, you know, getting started and in the midst of it um, with with three young children. So I think that, uh, yeah, it's going to be good to sort of tackle this together but yeah, you're right. You know, we live in a world where there are various modern pressures on family that impact spirituality. Of course, we, we live incredibly busy lives. Often both parents are working. There's the rising price of housing, the rising price of living. There's increasing secularism in our society today. You, you just, you don't, you just drive down the road and you see billboards, etc., that tell you that our society is going far away from from Christian values. Um, it seems like every generation that passes, people become hardened to more and more towards yeah. the biblical principles. And I remember hearing a story that I thought was quite remarkable. It was a story of a university professor who was teaching pastors. Mm-hmm. And here's what he noticed. He said that over the years that he was lecturing, over the years, decades that he was lecturing, he noticed a downward trend and a decline in general biblical knowledge among young people who were studying to be pastors. Wow. What, and he, and his, his conclusion was, what, well, he said, what's happened here? Why are young people today who are enrolling to become pastors far less biblically literate than what they were, say, 10, 20, 30 years ago? Mm-hmm. He said, well, parents have been busy, been working hard. They come home at the end of a busy day, get dinner on the table, and they're so exhausted that any meaningful time in family worship and Bible study gets put to the side, the TV gets turned on, social media or some device gets turned on, and suddenly we see that time can go on, the days can go on, weeks, months, and the Bible is not getting read as often in the family circle. Mm -hmm. The Bible is not being studied as frequently in the family context, and therefore young people are growing up with less biblical knowledge, and this really does mean that... um, that you know they're often not as clear on what they believe they may grow up in a christian home but they may not know exactly why they're a christian why do we do what we do what is it you know and so this is the trend that we are seeing in our world today yeah i i appreciate what you're actually saying there because certainly as a, as a pastor one of the things that i'm just really conscious of is that uh, when i'm i'm sitting down sharing the bible with people 40 years ago i was able to to say things like uh, to them for example like uh, you know daniel and you know i start talking about daniel and a lot of them would have a knowledge you know okay they know the story of Daniel in the lion's den. Uh, but of course, you know, I, I just, 
just very, you know, wasn't too long ago I was actually studying with a person and uh, after doing a couple of uh, really wonderful studies with them on biblical prophecy from the book of Daniel, they, they said to me, they said, a pastor, uh, who, by the way, is Daniel? And, and I said to them, I said, hey, oh, you know the story Daniel in the lion's den? And they looked at me and said, no, don't know that one. And all of a sudden I realized that, hey, uh, while we were trying to dig into Bible prophecy and while they appreciated what we were saying, they actually didn't have the foundational stories to actually be able to put it into the yes, bigger context. Yes, yes, yes. You know, my mum, my mum was a kindergarten teacher and it's different in New South Wales. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's the same as foundation here in South Australia. But she, you know, this was a big thing for her, telling the stories of the Bible. She was a teacher in a Seventh-day Adventist Christian school, and she would tell the stories of the Bible because oftentimes children are not, yeah, they're not knowing these basic stories. And the Bible essentially is a book full of stories. It's full of how God has worked in people's lives, and that's what we can relate to and we can learn lessons from that. But if you don't have that foundation, it's hard then to build on that point. So I want to come to some some practical points. I want this to be very practical. How do we instill spirituality into um, into the minds of our children? The first thing is a very simple point. You can only share what you yourself have experienced. Or, in another way of saying it, you can't share what you don't have. In other words, as parents, if our own time in the Word of God and our own time in personal prayer and our own commitment to the to Christ is strong, then that will naturally carry over across to our children. If our personal time in Bible study, prayer, and going to church, things like this, is lacking, then that's also going to carry across to our children. So that's the first point. We we as parents need to be less, in some ways, less worried about, well, you know, are my kids growing spiritually? The question I need to say is, am I growing spiritually? Okay. Am I growing spiritually? Rather than, you know, trying to... You so, know, in other words, what you're saying is that spirituality is often better caught than taught. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, it's it's something that children see in your life you know oftentimes the kids will you know i I have my little office and various times as i'm having my prayer and bible study no often the door will open and they'll come in and i'm actually not that doesn't annoy me at all yeah i'm actually glad that they see me on my knees i'm glad that they witness me opening my bible because that's telling them a message they're like wow you know dad dad opens his Bible, Dad prays. And, you know, just the other day, it it just touched my heart, Pastor Gary, our little daughter, Johanna, she said to me, she said, Dad, I I think I'm, you know, I think I can start doing my own prayers, um, you know, before she goes to bed. She's only five years old. And, and, you know, that warms my heart to hear her say those kinds of things. Why is she saying those things? Because she's seeing it. In in our in her She's parents' seen, lives, you've seen the witness of of what you are actually doing. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Now the second thing is regular family worships. Regular family worship. This is going to sound old fashioned, Pastor Gary, but this is absolutely critical. In Deuteronomy chapter six, God is giving 
instruction to his people. He says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. Verse 7, Deuteronomy 6, verse 7. You shall teach them diligently to your children. How? And shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. So, Marty, let me just uh, let me just uh, uh, plumb this one a little bit deeper because yeah. I'm really conscious that you know you, what you've said here. I think is absolutely key. But what do you do? Because uh, I'm conscious some of our people, you know, when you say have family worship, what exactly does that mean? What I mean, what do you do? Yeah. So th- the biblical principle is that we want to basically diligently teach our children spiritual truths, God's Word. That's the principle from the Word of God. How do we apply that in our lives? Every morning we'll have a brief family worship. Now, sometimes, as you know, for for us and our family, sometimes I'll just do it with the kids um, in the mornings and sometimes in the evenings when I'm out, my wife will will just do it with with the kids, do that family worship. Here's what it involves. We basically have story, Bible story books that are beautifully illustrated, and we sit down on the couch and everybody's looking at the pictures together. We say a short prayer, then we read the story. Sometimes we have some questions after, and then we have have a you know a nice a little season of prayer afterwards as well and and that's it you know it's short it's engaging it's um heartfelt sometimes we'll do some singing um but you know that's you know that that's what's working for the age of our kids right now yeah yeah and so we do that in the morning and the evening and that's a daily that's a daily thing and so it's better to have short and sweet regularly than, you know, some long drawn out, you know, let's say, for example, you know, uh, you know, it's, it'd be far better to have a five minute worship in the morning yeah. and then another five minute worship at night than miss it for several days and then go, hey, let's let's do an hour long worship. Yeah. That just doesn't work. You know, it's the same short lessons repeated often is going to be far more effective in instilling these principles yeah, yeah. in the hearts and the minds of kids. Yeah, look, Mar- Marty, one of the things I'm really conscious of is that I know that when, uh, as my children were actually growing up, uh, we certainly did a very similar thing to what you've actually described there. We actually used to try to uh, throw in, you know, some uh, the, just one or two um, Christian songs that the kids had been learning as something that we used to also do. But, you know, the other thing that uh, we found was that you know particularly as our as our children became teenagers uh, to be able to simply say things like how has your day been you know and so you're actually your worship is actually a time of worship of bible reading of uh, of uh, of prayer but you're also catching up uh, with uh, with them for the day, you know how because so often yeah, it's so easy good. to come in mm-hmm. and to just simply say, you know, I mean, everyone's gone about all the hurly burly, mm-hmm. the you know, the rat race that we're, you know, that everyone's on, uh, and at no point do you actually get a chance to be able to sit down. Uh, often, even uh, things like um, uh, things like family meal times, it's, it's not happening yeah. happening yeah. there as well. You know, everyone's on their device. But to me, um, certainly in those days, and I encourage people, I say, look, hey, there is a time to turn your device off absolutely you've got to have boundaries in place and and yeah and so 
that's a time family worship and bring. I think you've got to adjust according to the age of your children. Obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know sometimes you're you know you you can have more of a Bible study, you can have more of a discussion. You might even say, "Hey, tonight for family worship, we're gonna we're gonna read this passage of scripture." Then I want you to you know go to your rooms and um and and study this a little bit more, and let's discuss it more tomorrow morning and see what you got out of it as yeah, you read that yeah, passage. Yeah. You know, there's various things you can do. You can, I know that um. Uh, and families that have got teenagers that I've certainly look up to often have taken a devotional book that has got more current real life stories of how yeah. God has worked yeah. in people's yeah. lives. Because yeah. teenagers, you know, particularly, they want to see, well, how does this work in the real world exactly. today? Exactly. And so there's, there's books that you can get where it's, you know, stories of how God is working in people's lives today. Exactly. And that's really important too. So to me though, I would start this kind of a um this kind of a habit as soon as possible. You know, when children are even just tiny babies, they they are not understanding fully, but they can look at the pictures. They can start helping to turn the pages. They can point at things and and you can say, you know, you know, where's point at Jesus? Where's Jesus? They can point at Jesus, and mm. you know they're learning the stories. It's going in, and um, the earlier we start, the better. You know, the Book of Proverbs gives us this this word. It says, "Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it." Proverbs twenty two verse six. Now, some parents have come, you know, to me and and said, you know. Marty, we, we took our kids to church. We, we, we sent them to a Christian school. We had family worships. Yeah. But now they, they've, they've, they've left the Christian faith. This Bible verse is not saying that if you, even if you do all the right things as a Christian parent, there's no guarantee. Ultimately, um, freedom of choice, which the Lord gives us all, does kick in. Freedom of choice kicks in. But here's what this verse does say. Because this idea of training up a child my understanding of the original Hebrew here is the idea of putting the taste into their mouth. It gives them a taste okay. for spiritual things okay. that will never leave them their entire life. If you put that foundation in the beginning, even if they do decide to walk away from Christianity as they get older, that taste for spiritual things, that memory, that positive association with 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 spiritual things, with, with Jesus, it will never Leave them. And that's an amazing promise. That's a beautiful promise. Look, Marty, we do need to come to a, come to a break. Let's, uh, let's come to some music. This is the Cinzio family, uh, and simply the Lord is my shepherd. Uh, please, uh, please enjoy, uh, this, uh, this very beautiful rendition.
was the Sinzio family and uh, they were singing the Lord is my shepherd what a beautiful rendition it is now guys look just one more time that uh, free book giveaway that we're uh, uh, providing today this is uh, by Nancy Van Pelt it's entitled the smart parent strategies for growing great kids now this is a recently published book it's not old uh, it's normally worth about thirty dollars this uh, this book but because we concern we are we, we care about your family uh, we want to give it to you our sponsors are happy to do that uh, the smart parent now if you would like this particular book um, then uh, please just text us at our studio text number and it's oh four triple eight eight oh eight eleven oh four triple eight 
80811 is our text number and the code is SA146, just five digits in a row. SA146 and uh, 04888. 80811 is our, as our number. And that'll go through to our robot. Our robot will pick it up, come back to you, ask you a few questions so that we can get this book to you in the uh, fastest way possible. You will love, this is a real ripper book. This is uh, one of the best that we've ever given away. Now, friends, you are listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with Pastor Gary. And guiding us through our Bible study today, we have Pastor Marty Thompson. And this week we are following that theme. Uh, the raising spiritual kids in a post-Christian world, is it possible? And today we're simply asking, are there any strategies for raising spiritual children? Really appreciate what you've been saying, uh, Marty. Importance of the uh, individual example of the of the parents, the importance of family worship. Is there anything else there? Absolutely. There is so much, and um, we won't have time to cover everything, but here's a, an important point. Regular church attendance. Now, this is particularly important when, when families have very young children because there can be the, um, there can be this thought that goes something like this. I'm, I'm not sure I want to take my children to church because they could disrupt the service. I'm finding it, you know, difficult to concentrate because my children are being very active. This could be particularly difficult if there's a single mother, for example, or you're um, going to a church and you don't have any other family who uh, who are there in the church. A good church will help support and and provide support, and that's that's important. But the thing is that. It's worth the effort, and God will reward faithfulness. I've, I've, you know, I, I can say from our personal experience, we have our, our our second boy. You know, he is very, he's very hyperactive. Um, you know, he he does. You know, we you know, he he needs a bit of extra support, and church is has been challenging over the years for us to be able to to for him. To be able to sit still and quiet, and you know, he, to this day, he doesn't do that. But we've consistently stuck at it, and we've noticed significant improvement. And and so the idea is, if you stick at it, you will see improvement. If you if you kind of avoid the these years when you when the children are young, the the problem is that you that you then try and establish the habit when they're much older and it and it can actually be even more difficult. And kids can start to say, Oh, this is boring, I don't want to be here and this kinds of things. Whereas I've noticed for our kids, even though they can be a little bit, you know, sometimes a bit bit noisy and sometimes you have to take them out of church and that kind of thing, they love going to church. They love it. It's something they look forward to every single week. It's probably their favorite thing that they do mm. every week. Um, oftentimes we'll, we'll sit down as a family and we'll say, what's been your blessing from the week? We'll often do this on a Friday evening. Mm. And, um, inevitably, inevitably church will be one of the blessings from the week where one of the kids will say, going to church. 
so good. It was so great to see our friends there. So yeah. good to yeah. to be able to do this, you know, have uh, that time of worship. And, you know, Marty, while you're actually talking about that, I, I do want to just share just one brief thought. You know, so many years ago um, I actually had a had a – a couple of families actually and uh, they did things a little bit different because often churches have got up in the back row you know reserved for parents with children in the back three rows and I noticed that this uh, couple of families they were actually not using those pews they were actually one using the ones right down the very front right in front of me and uh, in the end I said to them I said what gives why do you do that you know there's good uh, and their response to me was when the children can see and hear everything that's going on, they actually respond better. Absolutely. Absolutely. To me, I sort of thought, hey, look, have we got all this wrong? You know, I mean, and I have to admit, uh, those, those children certainly, I mean, they, they had some, some colouring in, but I was amazed the number of times when I was preaching, they'd put their head up and they would be, they'd listen for maybe two or three minutes and then they'd go back to their colouring again. And then I'd say Absolutely. something else, they'd lift up their head and uh, they would, because they could actually see what was going on. And they weren't being stuck where they couldn't see or or actually hear. Uh, I found it an amazing strategy. But look, I'm cutting mm-hmm. into you. No, I I love that, and I think you know there's been times where where you know we've tried to implement that as well, and I believe it's very effective. And what I would add to church attendance is is also in the Seventh-day Adventist Church, we have something called Sabbath School. Now, that's like a Bible study before church. Mm-hmm. And the great thing is there's Bible studies for all different ages. So there's so there's Bible studies and Bible activities for the zero to zero to three-year-olds. There's there's Bible study activities for the four to, to seven-year-olds, you know, etc. And right through every age group is catered for. And to me, that is of such important important value. And if and if we can be on time, yeah, it says it sends a message to our children that this is important to us. This is a priority. We we value this. Um, because we love the Lord with all of our heart. So first, so next point I want to talk about briefly. I want to talk about consecrating our homes mm-hmm. and guarding the influences that impact our homes. What do you mean by that? There are various things that we might watch, listen to. There are various pictures or books that we may have in our homes. And it's vitally important that as parents, we are 100% in tune with the influences that are coming into our homes. Mm-hmm. This can mean that we, um, you know, you want to un- have an understanding of what kind of programs are appropriate to be watched? What kind of things are consistent with your Christian faith? Because if you're having a family worship one moment and then the next moment you're watching something on the television, on the screen, that virtually contradicts what you've just been going through in, in your Bible study, here's one thing that's for certain. The, a, a, a simple Bible study will not be able to compete with mm, a very mm. stimulating, um, presentation, media presentation. The, the, the thoughts of spirituality will soon be forgotten. And so it's important for us to, to think about 
what is actually, what are we watching, what are we listening to? Apply the principle of Philippians 4.8, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, just, pure, lovely, etc. Those things that are wholesome and good, that's what we should be you know, putting into bringing the minds of bringing into our homes. And let me just, Pastor Gary, make this final point. Aim for the conversion of your children rather than the conformity of your children. It's not simply about getting them to do all the right things and behave the way that we want them to. It's about seeking to lead them to Christ as their personal Savior, mm. asking them the questions of, is it your desire to give your heart to the Lord. Do you want one day to be in heaven with Jesus? And even at a young age, children are so responsive to those types of questions where they say, absolutely, I do. I love Jesus. I want to spend eternity with him. And if you can start, if you can aim at conversion rather than at conformity, I believe you'll see that uh, when Christ is in the heart, then the decisions of the life will be guided by him. Yeah, no, that is actually so true. I know that, uh, you know, with, uh, in my own case, having, uh, children and on, on numerous occasions, uh, they asked me, uh, they asked me questions that I, I, I simply, uh, thought afterwards. I never, I am amazed that they're speaking to me about that subject. Mm. Um, but that is actually really key. Uh, look folks, uh, that does bring us to the, to the end, to the top of the, top of the hour. Our time is almost up. But folks, we have had, uh, just one or two people, uh, send in the wrong code. Now folks, uh, please, if you would like that book today, you need to send in the right code. Now that number again is 04888. 80811 and the code is SA for South Australia. South Australia SA146. Just SA146. That's uh, five digits in a row. And then our uh, computer a robot, he will understand what it is uh, that you're, you're asking for. Uh, now, folks, uh, our time is up for today. Uh, thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary and uh, Pastor Marty on Drive Time Big Q&A. Uh, please join Drive Time tomorrow when Pastor Fabiana and uh, Lindy Sparing is going to be uh, asking, can I raise spiritual kids without church involvement and that's going to go deeper into that subject uh, that we did touch on uh, today uh, really look forward to your being with us uh, tomorrow uh, but until then please remember Christ said uh, I leaving you with a gift peace of mind and heart and the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives so don't be troubled or afraid may our God abundantly bless you This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.